Okay, is it true that the Predators thought the trade deadline was a day later? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everyone, to Where's My Stick? I'm Danielle. I'm Kelsey. (laughs) And I'm Christy. And we are going to recap quickly some of the trades that happened after our last episode at the trade deadline. Then we will talk about some NHL news and then get into the Penguins because they are literally falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) So let's jump in. Um, Let's start with Tampa. So Tampa acquired Barkley Goudreau and a 2020 third round pick from San Jose in exchange for Anthony Greco and a 2020 first round pick. I definitely pronounced his name wrong. Don't mind that much. Sorry for him. Sorry to that man. <laughs> but yeah. So Tampa got a little bit stronger um, depth wise. I like Barkley Goudreau. I think Christy's looking at me like I'm crazy. So maybe he isn't good. <laughs> no, I didn't say he was bad. I was like, well, I'm just thinking, where did you see him? Barkley Goudreau? Did he play for the Flyers? No, he played for San Jose. And I actually, I saw San Jose. I like <laughs> I've watched San Jose before, so I oh. I thought he was a good player with them. <laughs> <laughs> like actually, I've like seen San Jose in person probably three times, and then I've watched a couple other games. So oh, okay. yeah, I like Barkley Goudreau. I think he's a good depth player. He's a, and he can play center, which is good, and I think he can play wing as well. I think. Uh, I think Tampa got him for his like PK abilities. Um, I like I heard that he's really good on the par- on the power play on the penalty kill. Um, a first round pick is a is a lot for a penalty killing specialist, but I guess Tampa's like we are going for it. So yeah, who am I to be upset? Honestly, I mean, good for Tampa for me t- for every single year they're like we're going for it when they know what's gonna happen. Stop. <laughs> oh my god. Gosh, fingers crossed, man. It, well, this wasn't a trade, but like Zach Bogosian? Oh yeah, they got Zach Bogosian. Uh, uh, I've seen him on the bench or scratched a ton uh, with the Sabres, so I, you know, don't he's, know what that's he's about. not where I would have picked up, but... Yeah, but Tampa always does this. They always get like a big... They always get like a bad defenseman. And it really doesn't matter. <laughs> like, they still somehow, like, I mean, oh, what's that Rangers guy? Oh, Dan Girardi? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was bad. They have injuries on, on defense, and it's just like, you, we can't hide him because everyone's injured, so that's not great. I feel like it's just, it shows me that every GM fucks up. And I appreciate that because I always think that my GM is the worst. But, like, there's other GMs that pick bad defensemen, too. It's not just the Penguins. And when I say bad defensemen, I'm just talking about Jack Johnson. So, Call him out, honestly. I mean, all right. So, <laughs> moving on, the Oilers. They acquired um, Angus Redman and a 20... 20- 22 conditional seventh round pick from the Ducks in exchange for Joel Pearson. The conditions are Edmund re- Edmonton receives receives a 2020 seventh round pick if uh, person plays 25 games from Anaheim in the 2020-21 season. They also got Tyler Ennis from the Senators in exchange for a 2021 fifth round pick. They acquired Andreas Athanasiu and Ryan. Kufner from the Red Wings in exchange for Sam Gagne and a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 second round pick. And the Oilers also got Mike Green from the Red Wings in exchange for Kyle Brosiak and a 2020 conditional fourth round pick. So the Oilers were busy. I actually like a lot of these trades. Like I like Tyler Ennis. I like Athanasiu. Mike Green, I don't really mind, but he's a defenseman and could probably help their power play. So what do you ladies think? I'm really sad that Athanasiu was traded. I really wanted him to be like part Same. of the core, I guess, in um, Detroit. Yeah, the future and like see success with them. But yeah, I think that he's a great pickup for the Oilers. That's fair. I I don't know. After that last like round of contracts 
negotiation. And I know there's a different GM there now where like he had to hold out. He held out and then they like had to go to arbitration. I just felt like, I don't know if they kind of see him as the, as a part of the future. And even to this day, I've seen, um, Red Wings like writers talk about his defense. So I'm just like, (laughs) they're over it. He plays no defense. Like, but and who he does? Want to. <laughs> like, okay, that's fair. And he deserves a right to not play defense. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, all good moves in my opinion for the Oilers. Yeah, yeah, same. yeah. yeah. Which, and like, you hate to see. Yeah, for the Oilers for sure. Athanasiu, Ennis, and Athanasiu are both so fast. And I saw like a video of like uh, McDavid trying to pass to Tyler Ennis, and he passed it like two feet behind him because he didn't think that Ennis would. Like, he's not used to playing yeah. with fast players. I can actually keep up with him. So I thought that was funny. I hate that. That's insane. And that's sad. That's kind of sad. <laughs> um, Moving on to the Golden Knights, they had a big three-way trade between the Knights, Toronto, and Chicago. Chicago got Malcolm Subban, Slavin Demin, and his signing rights, and a 2020 second-round pick from Vegas. Toronto got Robin Leonard. Uh, and retaining 50% um, from Chicago and a 2025th round pick from Vegas. And then Vegas got Robin Leonard, like, for sure, and with a cap hit of $1.1 million, and then got Martin, I'm not going to pronounce his last name, from Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that trade was crazy to me because, like, what did what is Toronto doing? Yeah, like you just took on cap space for yeah. what? I <laughs> Kelsey, help us here. Kelsey, <laughs> like what style of thinking? <laughs> I I honestly do not know. I wonder if it's like a goodwill trade, so maybe they'll help them down the line. But like, if you're not going to help them yeah, at the trade deadline. True for playoffs like when are you gonna help yeah like my thing is that like vegas is trying to win a cup and toronto's <laughs> trying to win a cup so why would you help someone who's trying to win a cup i, I I'm like wait you retain salary on something you need which is yeah. a good goaltender i am confused about that um but vegas wasn't done they also got nick cousins from montreal in exchange for a 2021 fourth round pick i didn't know that nick cousins was still in the league and it, it was depressing or not depressing, but it was annoying to know that he is. <laughs> I don't like him. Um, I don't get that trade, but uh, I mean, good for the Knights, I guess. Um, they shored up their goaltending, which it's always good to have a good backup with Marc Andre Fleury. Let's just say it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but I'm happy that you did. <laughs> All right, so um, the Ducks made some moves, but they honestly just shipped a ton of people out. The one thing that they did ship out that was a slap in the face to me was Daniel Sprung. They gave him to the Capitals in exchange for Christian Juice or Juice. Um, anyway, um, no, that, that's not how it's pronounced. I know that for sure. Um, and then they assigned Sprung to the Hershey Bears and he scored just last night, which... Here's the thing. If they call up Sprong and he plays on Kuznetsov's wing, I like that will break me more than I think anybody will realize because Sprong was Malkin's winger that they just let go. So I hate okay. it. I might just be being like penguin centric, but this seems like something that like Christian Juice was good. You know, like, yeah, like I after they won the cup, I felt like Juice he got sent down and he just never got a chance again. I don't get it. I mean, the Caps no. have been continuously getting defensemen, and I, and I guess they just didn't see juice in the long time, like the long term future. I, I don't get that. Yeah, and I mean that's fair. Looking at the like the Bears or the Capitals' depth, I don't know if they thought like you know getting a scoring winger and letting him like really truly develop hopefully, who knows, in the AHL, and then bringing him up would be better served in the future than another defenseman. I'm not sure, though. I don't know. I I don't trust Washington, and I don't trust Daniel Sprung, and... 
Okay, let's get into some Metro trades. So the Islanders got Jordan Smoltz from, for Matt Loretto. Loretto? It's an AHL trade. They also got J.G. Pajot from the Senators for a 2020 conditional first round pick, a 2020 second round pick, and a 2022 third round pick. The conditions for the first round pick are if the Islanders win the draft lottery and select top three, the the pick becomes a 2020 first round pick. And then the conditions on the third round pick are the pick is transferred if the Islanders win the cup in 2020. So I guess the third round pick becomes a 2020 third round pick if the Islanders win the cup, which you wouldn't like to see. Um, but then they immediately signed JG Pajot to a six years or a, yeah, six year, five million or a f- I believe it's that it's six years, five million. So um, that's a lot for JG Pajot. But the Islanders, I felt like I, I didn't think they had really good center depth. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I think Broussard's injured. So it's like, you already didn't have anyone. You already didn't have that much center depth, and then you lose a, a good center for you. So, um, The Blue Jackets got Marcus, Marcus Kynan from the Coyotes in exchange for a 2020 conditional seventh-round pick. The conditions are... Uh, the Blue Jackets receive the pick if Marcus plays 10 regular season games for Arizona. So not that, like not a, not a lot of movement for Columbus. Um, the Flyers got um, Nate Thompson from the Canadians in exchange for a 2025th round pick. They also got um, Derek Grant who, who we all know, um, from Anaheim in exchange for an AHL player by the name of Kyle Crisculo, who was very good. And then they also traded J- uh, TJ Brennan, and which is an AHL move, for Nathan Noel. So the Flyers got some depth. Um, both of the players that they got, Nate Thompson and Derek Grant, are centers. Do you think these trades mean that um, Nolan Patrick isn't coming back, or...? Um, I don't, I think that the Flyers are just keeping it open. Nolan is practicing some with the team and, you know, there's no timeline, but I think that their depth moves to show the team that like, listen, we, the, the front office believes in the, in the team. So we're going to get depth players and not make too many big moves because they believe in this team. Can I, just a little personal Kelsey Flyers update. I'm becoming very, very soft for TK. Don't, uh, don't. I need to lift him. <laughs> he's, don't. he's just so, yeah. like, endearingly, like, aggro. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. Like, and that's the thing, like, he, <laughs> he's like, he's very, like, aggressive on the ice. But then off it, he's just like. <laughs> Oh me? Like I'm the, you guys are like what did I do? And it's like TK, you know what you did. Like <laughs> don't do that. Don't act like you don't yeah. know. But he's just like also like just a really fun guy. He's like very nice too. And um yeah. Yeah. Like I saw this um this clip from I guess one of the last games and it's like him and some other guy just like leaning forward in unison to chirp some other player. I was like I love that. All right, so moving on from the Flyers, let's go real quickly to the Caps. We talked about how they got Daniel Sprung. They also got Ilya Kovalchuk from the Canadians in exchange for a 23rd round pick. Um, And then we talked about last episode how they got um, Dylan from the Sharks. So the Caps made a couple depth moves to, you know, help out. Um, Is there anyone else that you guys feel like you want to talk about the moves? Before I get into the Penguins? Oh, we didn't do Carolina. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> we did. And they actually did a lot. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Carolina got Brady Shea from the Rangers in exchange for a 2020 conditional first round pick. The conditions are the Rangers will receive the later of Carolina or Toronto's 2020 first round pick. Um, whichever's later. So, okay. Still get a first round pick. I gotcha. Why is Toronto there? Because um, they, they I traded th- a first round pick for Patrick Marlowe. For when Carolina oh, got him. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. 
<laughs> Carolina still has done some stuff. They got Sammy Vatnin from New Jersey in exchange for uh, Frederick Cleason, Kuka Kukanen, and a 2020 conditional fourth-round pick. The conditions are the Devils receive the 2020 fourth-round pick if uh, Sammy Vatnin plays five regular season games. The pick upgrades to a 2020 third-round pick if Vatnin plays 12 regular season games or 75% of the 2020 playoff games. So many conditions. Um... And then Carolina also requires Vincent Trotrek from the Panthers in exchange for Eric Halla, Marcus Walmark, and Casey or Case Keski. And it, there, these the other players are like HL or like drafted players, so they won't count right now. But I, <laughs> I don't feel like fighting to say their names. <laughs> so Case and like a two or something, and then yeah. So the. The Canes made some deals. I don't know if I think that that really, like, pushed them over the edge for me. Um, Vincent, Trocek is actually, like, really, really good. I don't know what their center depth is actually like outside of Sebastian Ajo, but Trocek is, like, really, really good, and they got him for pretty cheap. And I think their bet is that, like, they have him for this year and next year for, like, $5 million. So it's just, like, a really cost-controlled player. And same for Brady Shea. Like, both of these players had, like, really good years, like, two years ago. And then Trocek, I think his injury is what kind of slowed him down this year, and that's why he was kind of bad. And then Brady Shea, I don't know what happened to him. But also, but, you know, this year wasn't <laughs> this year wasn't the best for him. So I, and, like, they controlled both of these players for, like, a few more years because the Rangers had just re-signed him. But I don't know about Batman. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Cades defense needed help especially without with Dougie gone but I thought the biggest area of concern for the Canes was goaltending which they didn't uh, do at all um and I believe both their goaltenders are hurt right now so that's concerning I don't really think Brady Shea is a good defenseman who knows it just might be a different system that he excels at uh Sammy Vatnin I think is a good player I just don't know how much this all moves because i I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how Eric Halla is a good player and they shipped out good players to get good players. So it's like, it's not like they got these good players in addition to the good players they've already had. Like they, I don't know. I don't know how I really feel about Carolina because at the end of the day, I thought goaltending was where they needed to sure up and they didn't. Yeah, that's fair. They could have gotten by the money since his price was that cheap apparently. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> I was actually... Uh... I don't know. You made some really good points because, like, coming into this, I thought Carolina might have had the best trade deadline moves. But, I mean, you're making really good points in that, like, they just replaced their talented players with other talented players. So I think it will it depends on how those players, I guess, adapt to, this, to the system and maybe they're better fits than the other people. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Who do you guys – do you guys have – a team that you think did the the best at the trade deadline? In terms of handsomeness, I think Carolina <laughs> wins in acquiring handsomeness. But in acquiring like actual like team need, I think the golden the golden <laughs> knights the golden knights actually did like the best because Malcolm Subban was not a good backup. And Robin Leonard is a proven kind of number one in this league that's been playing like one A, one B and he can do that with Flurry, who's had not a great season this season and like their their forwards are good their defense is fine and then now they like have good goaltending so I think the Golden Knights um did the best Christy I think I'll agree with you I think before um we went through all the trades I I would have said that Tampa did the best just because I felt like they still have their good players and they just added another good player but now that we know that like Stamkos is is out and um so I think that Vegas kind of looks the best to me. But in the Metro, I think that Carolina kind of got the the better of the players. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, they're still very, they're still very injured and um, their, their goaltending is just such a concern for me. So mm-hmm. um, we will wrap up with what the Penguins did. The Penguins got Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sheary from Buffalo in exchange for Dominic Cahoon. They also acquired Patrick Marlowe in exchange for a 2021 conditional third round pick. The conditions 
are if the Pens win the 2020 Stanley Cup, the pick will upgrade to a 2021 second round pick. What did you guys think of these moves? I mean, heart-wise, I like them. I'm not sure that they addressed the needs of the Penguins. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I am one of those people that are like, once you kind of break up with someone, like that's it. Like, <laughs> you know what I you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like I don't understand getting Connor Sherry back. I thought Dominic Cahoon was fine, but apparently Connor Sherry's stats have been good, so whatever. Evan Rodriguez I don't like. Um Patrick Marlowe, um I don't I don't know. I, I, the Penguins need an old guy to like rally around and be they? like, "We gotta get this guy a cup." They do, they do. That I think that's true. I think the Penguins okay. do need a guy that they're like, "Oh, win it for such and such." Like, cause like, you can't just win it for yourself. I don't know. <laughs> um, I would say, you know. I have not been quiet about my dislike for Connor Sheary, especially after he left the Penguins and con- continued to score like 10 goals against them in two games. So I'm not like the biggest fan of Connor Sheary. I think that I understand, you know, from like taking my feelings out of it, that the trade for Cahoon or trading Cahoon, they got two really good players for a good player. So with the Penguins need depth because I don't trust the AHL guys anymore. Um, so I so I understand that. Marlowe is fine, like whatever. Especially the fact that it's like a twenty twenty one um round pick that they they got they spent on him. Um when you I just think that they did a really good job of like getting more depth because I, I don't think that the problem was like star players, especially after getting Zucker. But I, I think we'll go into like other red flags that we've seen on this team later in the episode. But yeah. So overall I thought that their their trade deadline was good. It was just depth players. We didn't get Bogosian, so that was very good. That was a win for me. We talked about teams that won on the trade deadline, in our own opinion. But what about losers at the trade deadline? Did you think anyone, like, kind of... Okay, is it true that the Predators thought the trade deadline was a day later? I don't think so, because they, they, they actually made a trade. Okay. <laughs> they actually did make a trade, but it was, like, a small one. Like, a AHL kind of trade. But I would, yes, let's, I would say that they are losers, because they have um, things to address, and they did not address it. I would say... <laughs> the Jets are losers because what did they do? <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, but in terms of teams that made trades, I think everyone did pretty okay. Um, I think the teams are they addressed things that they actually needed um, outside of Carolina. But yeah, I think everyone did all, all right. I think the Leafs did. Oh yeah, the Leafs like, didn't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> like, did you bad, get yeah. Robin Leonard? Why did you? Why did you say yes to that? Um, I think the Sabers did. Better. I also thought um, the Dallas Stars. Excuse me, like you're second in the division. I get that, okay, but I would have liked to see a little bit of shoring up um, on your end. In their defense, I will say they are tight against the cap. So, what moves could they have done? But I think depth moves to like help the offense of the team so i don't know that's just my opinion from the outside looking in i I feel like a lot of teams wanted to get in on chris Kreider, and like once he signed that was kind of like okay shit what do we do but um because he was like a he was like one of the biggest names but i think teams Mm -hmm. did overall well in terms of actually doing something i don't know what the sabers did though but they did that Oh yeah, they. Yeah, let's not. Well, talk. We don't have to. Like, we don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to. I know you don't like Question them, mark. so. Um, but continue on with Chris Kreider. He was a, a name, like you said, that was supposed to get moved. Um, however, the Rangers signed him to a seven-year deal with an AAV of six point five million dollars. Right now, Kreider is twenty-eight, and with the Rangers, Kreider has played. 523 games and has 316 points are we surprised by that like them re-signing him are we surprised by the contract Chrissy I know this is where you are going to thrive so I'll start with you what did you think (laughs) okay I was so surprised that they signed him because 
literally for the past two years, I feel like they've been trying to trade him away, and I was preparing my heart for this, and I didn't want I didn't want him to be traded because I don't know he's been with them for like nine years. Um, I'm surprised at how long it is. It's like seven years and like six million dollars, but I think the Rangers are kind of going for it right now because. I mean, they probably have some holes on their team, but they're playing really well. So, yeah, I'm really happy that I don't have to see Chris Kreider leave. Kelsey? Um, I mean, I am pretty indifferent towards the Rangers. And I do like Chris Kreider, but, you know, maybe I would have wanted to see him thrive elsewhere. But, um... <laughs> Mood. I was a little surprised, but then I was like, the Rangers always do me dirty, so... I don't like I'm not really that surprised um but it seemed like Chris Kreider got hurt um he broke his foot in the game against the Flyers I think on Friday or sprained his foot he's supposed to be out for or I guess getting evaluated so we really don't know at this point um how long he is gonna be out unless you know Christy I don't know if you you know okay um I did see that earlier that he was out um so we talked about the the Carolina Hurricanes um we said that goaltending was an issue for them in a game against the Toronto Maple Leafs the Carolina Hurricanes needed to use an emergency backup goalie and his name was David Ayers I'm probably getting his last name wrong surprise surprise um he was a Zamboni driver for the Toronto Marlies and that was he is he case oh he is I mean well he could he could move on to bigger and better things this guy is a he is a phenomenon um but he played in a game against like i said toronto the Leafs were down for one and they lost that game to their emergency backup or to the zamboni driver of their ahl team because colorado colorado carolina end up winning six to three in that game um was anyone watching did, did, did any of us watch this game i, I was not <laughs> kelsey no i was working oh okay um yeah i didn't watch I wish this game. i, I kind of saw it on twitter but i didn't turn the game on i don't know what i was doing um but yeah what <laughs> it was like the celebration in the in the locker room after was just like amazing obviously carolina is out of control and they like sprayed him with water Gatorade, oh, something. Cheap, it better not have been alcohol, because I was like, why does a team have that much alcohol after a win? But yeah, and I think I believe after watching some of the or watching some of his interviews, he was saying how the he let in a goal, and then the guys were like, listen, you know, let in two goals. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just have fun with it. And he did, and ended up stopping the Toronto Maple Leafs offense, which is like, I mean, how many people can say that? Like, an everyday person, anyway. But, like, it's also, like, Carolina in the third. They, like, shut shit down, apparently. Yeah. Which is which is sweet. I like, I like that's sweet. I very, I very much like the story. And I very much am happy that the Canes got their stuff together and were mm-hmm. able to play well in front of him because he deserves it. Like, I mean, how off? Like, what? That's so crazy. What a crazy story. I love yeah. it. It's very, very sweet and wholesome in an otherwise garbage <laughs> league. Okay, but can we talk about like, the fallout from after this? Like, the Leaf fans have, they collapsed. They didn't know what to do. They were just like, trade everybody. Everybody the on this drama. team is garbage. Like, Dubish needed to be fired yesterday. Like, this is what Babcock was talking about. Yeah. This was like the straw that broke the camel's yeah, back. Yeah, you like, love it. These fans were quietly chanting in the background. Like, hey, it was too low that we couldn't hear it. But then, like, they definitely um, exploded. And um, I didn't see all of the fallout, but I saw enough to be like, wow. I mean, Mitch Marner is like the devil <laughs> in that. In that, um... no. What, are th- <laughs> what I was hearing was that they need uh, that, to trade Marner. I will stand by that. Oh, they need to trade Marner because <laughs> oh, Kelsey, he is. Come on. He's like he's the one from Toronto, so it's gonna have like the biggest effect on the team, and be like no one is safe. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> y'all are insane. I mean, the Leafs do have problems, but y'all are also insane. 
Well, it wasn't just the Leafs fans that, you know, was were, like were upset about this, especially like losing to an emergency backup goalie. Um, now this like this topic is going to be brought up in the general manager's meeting. It was like reported from Greg Wyszynski uh, in his article. No, the NHL does not have an e-bug problem. He said, general managers have discussed changes to the position in the past after the accountant Scott Forrester came in uh, for the Blackhawks. An equipment manager suited up for the Hurricanes in like 2016. They said they were reportedly worried about the experience level and the skill of the the emergency backup. Brian Burke, uh, a former VP of of NHL hockey operations, was outraged that the goalie was like a goalie over 40 was an option saying it was embarrassing for the NHL and that there are hundreds of goalies in the greater Toronto area who are younger and have sustainably more junior and minor league experience that could have played. He said it happens very, very rarely, but when it happens, it obviously raises everyone's attention to the issue, whether there are fixes that could be made for that particular issue. Daily said to NHL.com that there's no easy way to fix this, particularly because NHL Players Association, who is a player, who's not a player, who qualifies to become a player, but obviously they want the best for the game and they want to make sure that people aren't putting themselves in danger by playing in goal in the NHL. So they want to continue to work through that. So we might not see any more e-bugs. So, like, some of that does make sense, but what I think was a little bit more concerning, and honestly, I don't remember if this was sort of an issue with, like, Scott Forster or um, the equipment, well, I guess it would have been for the equipment manager, but, like, David Ayers worked, or, uh, yeah, like, works for the Marlies and was clearly a Toronto fan, and I just feel like maybe he emergency backup goalies should be like non-associated if that makes sense just so that like I mean you want to believe that everyone's honest and especially like if you're a com- like a competitor you switch into that competitive mindset where you just want to win it doesn't really matter you know if you're playing against quote-unquote your team but um yeah I th- it, it does make sense that looking at it from like a safety standpoint you're bringing these relatively unexperienced or inexperienced people and asking them to, you know, block these um, shots from professional hockey players. But, um, I mean, yeah, I I see the question, but I don't, I don't want this to go away because it's just so much fun when it happens. I think I'm just wondering, like, what the solution then would be. Like, they're like, okay, we need to get rid of e-bugs or whatever. Or they need to be, like, younger. Like, what's the difference between it being, like, a younger person who plays for the ECHL and, like, a, like um, David Ayers, who's, like, 40 years old and he, like, does he does practices for the Marlies. Like, I don't really see the difference because, like, they're both, like, inexperienced. But I'm also kind of just, like, all right, but when... I don't know when centers or like wingers or defensemen go down teams just have to adjust and like there's no like emergency backup winger or whatever like you kind of just reformulate your your you know whatever but it's also just like there's only two goalies and if both goalies go down what the team's just going to be like fuck it and just not have a goalie in net (laughs) like I but then like the same thing would happen if they like teams had to bring up three goalies so it's like if all three go down like what's the like I'm just like what's the actual solution for this because I don't see one you know honestly have one of your other players dress as goalie said go and go go (laughs) he would love it oh my gosh no (laughs) he would would, but it was that's dangerous for him (laughs) it is um you know i definitely see your point kelsey like about how like i mean at the end of the day the nhl is a business and they need to protect themselves because if any of these goalies got hurt especially the ones over 40 you know they don't have health insurance with the, the league how do you cover someone like that um 
But I also get your questioning, Christy, of like how, you know, what's the difference between a, a Zamboni driver who like sometimes practice with the Marlies or a, you know, some guy that's in the ECHL or the AHL or something like that. Like, I mean, I guess those players have more, they play more um, regularly, so they are less likely to get hurt. But I think at any time, any mo- any person can get hurt. It doesn't matter um, who's in net. Like, obviously we see that by their goalies going down. Um, I just, what what annoys me is that this was a really fun moment for everyone who, like just fans, like fans of, ev- like everyone was talking about this. Like this even, the guy, um, David went to like the late show and like the last person who was a, who was associated with the NHL that went to the late show was gritty. So like, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's I'm such sorry, a cool person? story and for you, you mean monster well, thing, <laughs> thing, um, demon. So it's just like, it's just weird <laughs> that, um, for them to just like want to address this now. And it's just concern. It's just disconcerning because there's issues that have been that are serious, more serious than this, that, you know, the NHL is just like turning their, or the NHL GMs are um, just turning a blind side to. So it's, it's annoying to me, but I hope they don't, I think it's a really good story and I, I like it. Well, we all know how um, important, goalies are but I guess it kind of like raised the question and it's just like if this guy like that you basically picked up off the street can play in goal and win a game what does that really say about goalies or like how important the thing is (laughs) but to me I'm just like your teams are fake because they rallied around these two goal these goalies that they know can't play goal and they like close it up when it's you they let anything go through the defense so teams are fake i mean all valid yeah all valid random thing i did think it was um like obviously i hope that nothing's too serious with either of carolina's true goalies but i did think it was kind of funny how everyone was so caught up in this story that it took them a minute to be like oh no like our goalies are (laughs) (laughs) we have no are under the weather (laughs) yeah (laughs) what are we gonna do like, he's only here for tonight. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the Penguins. And I feel like we definitely need to start off by saying the Penguins are, are not good. We apologize for even asking. <laughs> it was a joke that got taken way too far. Um, this is on us. And we fully take the blame and we rebuke it. We The pens are bad. If ever we ever gave the implication or the illusion <laughs> that we thought the Penguins were good, we apologize. That is absolutely not the case. Since our last episode went live, the Penguins have lost six games in a row, which is unheard of under Mike Sullivan. So the Penguins lost to Toronto, Buffalo, Washington, the Kings, Anaheim, and San Jose. Um... I thought out of all of the games, I thought Washington was the closest one that they could have came back and won, or maybe Anaheim. Um, But overall, I just thought that, especially the game in San Jose, they just looked bad. Like, this is, they just looked horrible altogether. Yeah, I will say that, like, you know, we got new and old players. So, like, it might take them a while to, like, adjust. But also, it's just it's just not good like in my head I was just like this is Connor Sheehy <laughs> I know it's not him but that's what I was saying <laughs> in my head <laughs> I don't even know if I would even blame the the depth player like the new guys that are here it's just there's a lot of issues going going on yeah. um with the team from my perspective Jack Johnson is still on it he's still playing with Chris Tang. Apparently, Zach Aston Reese was, like, our savior, and we didn't know it. Like, it's just been a lot. Crosby's not never appreciate it till it's too late. In this losing streak, the Pens have scored eight goals. All eight have come from the top six. So Malkin has three, Zucker has two, Crosby, Hornquist, and Russ each have one. McCann has zero goals in his last 16 games. Tanev has one in in 17. Simon has two in 17. And the three new forwards have yet to score. And I thought that 
those two tweets made a lot of sense because when the Penguins are at their best, they're getting depth scoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my biggest thing is that I think the, the biggest glaring point of this losing streak is that the that quote-unquote fourth line, that line with Bluger, Tanev, and Zach Aston-Reese has been very quiet. And one thing that I saw on Twitter, and this is by... I'm assuming he's a guy. I think his name is, um, I don't know what his name is, but he goes by CK and his at is 401 response code on Twitter. He's a very good follow. If you, if you follow the pens and you, and you want to know more about him, he's a very good follow. Um, he tweeted out and all his information is from Nat natural stat trick. He tweeted out, um, the Bluger, Tanev, Zach Aston Reese line in 422 minutes together. They have a 54% goals for and a 26% ozone faceoff rate compared to Bluger and Tanev which and like whatever other winger they've only been together like you know 180 minutes together and they have a 41% of course uh, a 41% goals for percentage and a 40% ozone faceoff rate so they're getting better like matchups I guess not matchups but they're starting in the offensive zone more um without Zach Aston Reese and they're performing worse so like the biggest eye-opener to me is that Zach Aston Reese like makes that line what that line was and I thought I personally thought it was Bluger I thought it was just him performing above what we expected but it was really Zach Aston Reese and I think obviously I'm not trying to downplay that line together of Zach Asteris, Bluger, or Tandem. I think they all are very good players. Um, but it just was shocking to me that Zach Asteris was that <laughs> big of a help because I have not been known to be the best, Zach, like the biggest Zach Asteris fan. So that was really eye opening. And I think that contributes to the fact that the lack of depth scoring, because that line was just so dominant. And I think that was one of the brightest spots of the Penguins season so far, was just that the way that line performed and produced was just above what we expected. And they were able to take those harder matchups so that a Mulkins line or a McCann's line could have a better, could just perform offensively. And we're not seeing that right now. Yeah, and I, I don't know, like maybe I'm just caught up in, you know, it being a six game losing streak right now, but I'm kind of concerned that, you know, even once we get, you know, Dumoulin and um, Bukestad and Zach Aston Reese back. I'm still concerned that they won't be able to recapture that chemistry that they had, um, especially as like we're coming down the stretch and there are so few games to like settle in and get it, get it together. But I mean, all teams go through slumps like this. It's never easy. It's never fun. And you know you just have to hope that the issues that there are aren't like indicative of the team as a whole and instead are just like growing pains sort of but you never know and it is it is concerning but one thing that I do like is that it never looks like the penguins you know aren't buying in to what they're doing you know they're clearly frustrated um they're getting opportunities and just for whatever reason aren't able to close on them. But, um, so that's all really encouraging because, you know, you hate it when your team's in a slump and they just can't generate anything. But, um, yeah, I mean, there are, I think they're still good to find in their play, but, you know, this isn't the team of God, like, two, a week ago. This this is a totally different <laughs> team, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I have to say, and I should have said this before, bef- like, I should have said this before we get, like, very dramatic, because I know I'm <laughs> going to be very dramatic. Um, the Penguins are third in the Metro with 80 points, and the Islanders are two points back. They've lost, I mean, the fact that they didn't get any points out of 12 sucks, <laughs> but they still are in a good position. Um, and they still, if they turn around, could, you know, battle for a playoff position or, and, like, home ice. 
So with that said, I did you want to just start with <laughs> this that? Is like, a bad time. It's bad, but it's not all bad. <laughs> yes, it's bad, but it's not all bad. Yeah. I think Kelsey, I completely agree with your hesitation, especially with the new guy, with the injured guys coming back. But I do want to say that, like, everyone's like, "Oh wow, everyone thought the Penguins would be good when they finally get healthy." The Penguins aren't finally healthy. Who said like, that? I don't yeah. know, just because Sid yeah. and Malkin are back it does not mean that the team as a whole is healthy. Dumoulin is still out. Okay. John Marino is out, and that's a huge hit to our defense. And I don't think anyone realizes that, especially when you don't watch the Penguins every night. And I think us as Penguins fans who who do follow the team, we realize how big of an asset John Marino is. But I don't think I think we're still really starting to see how like really how big he is because yeah. Pedersen with that Schultz pairing is not a a legit second pair. It's just not performing at the rate that we need them to. Chris and Jake. And I don't know what is going Oh yeah, I don't know what is going on with Pedersen. I don't know what's going on with Schultz. I, I really don't actually blame it on Schultz too much. I think now in my mind I've kind of like come to terms that he is ideally best on the third line uh, or the third pairing. But I think we see the holes with with Dumoulin and, and Marino that we really don't have a top pair. We really don't have a solid defensive pair. And that is one of the biggest problems because if you cannot break out of your own zone to start the offense, it, it's just not going to work. And I get that, you know, the forwards need to come back, but the forwards can't do it all themselves. Right. They need that, that, that help on defense. And I think that with these injuries on defense specifically, Chris Letang is playing way too many mm-hmm. minutes. It's just, listen, I love Chris Letang. I'm not trying to discredit him in any way, but he's just playing too many minutes to, to be realistic. Like, they just came off of a back-to-back, and I think in the in the game against Anaheim, Chris Letang played 28 minutes, and then you expect him to play another at least 20 minutes against San Jose. Did he it, play... It's unrealistic. Does he play all of those minutes with Jack Johnson? No. I mean, well, some of them... Oh, power play. Some of the minutes are power play and penalty kill. But, I mean, at least, I want to say 15 to 17 minutes of that is 5-on-5 time where Mm -hmm. he is playing with Johnson. Yeah. And I will say, I think when they get Zach Aston Reese back... I don't know. Expe- like looking at the numbers, like this kid is gonna help them when they get back. <laughs> I, I, I just can't. I just can't imagine him not. And if, and if he doesn't end up helping, I think, then there's just a bigger problem overall that we're not seeing. Um. Uh, okay. So it looks like out of everybody that's injured, Buke's dad might be the one coming back first. And I can't remember the last time I've seen him play. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> What is that going to look like when he comes back? So, okay. I have the lineups um, on, from Hockey Viz from the Anaheim game. The San Jose game lineups aren't up. So it's not the correct or the, the newest lineups. But, I mean, in this one, you have Malkin, Rust, and Hornquist together. Sherry, Crosby, Zucker together. Marlo, McCann, Simone. Tana, Bluger, Rodriguez. In my mind, with uh, Bukestad back, I think he's like, like I think they're gonna put him at at center, and that frees up McCann to go in the top six, um, and so then you might see a McCann Malkin Russ, which they've tried before, um, and you might see a McCann McCann Crosby Zucker or a McCann Sherry. I'm I'm not sure, but I do think that allows to put. McCann back in the top six because in the game against the Sharks, Marlo was in the top six. And listen, everyone attacked me when I had some questions as to why. All right, it wasn't everybody. I'm being dramatic, but people were like, Marlo is good. Marlo is this. We love Marlo just because he was a Penguins fan when he was younger. Well, he has scored on the Penguins. So let's uh, let's not say that he Multiple was. A, times. Yeah, let's not say that he's like the biggest Penguins fan because if he wanted to help us out, he would have scored less. <laughs> he was the reason why San Jose, the San Jose Sharks almost won the cup that year in 2016. You know, like memories he fade, but we still that. remember. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I, I just, I, I feel more comfortable when Marlo is not in the top six. So I think that having Bukestad back could help that. But then again, like you said, Christy, I don't even, like, who, like, who is Nick Bukestad? Like, hello? Like, who are you, sir? I don't remember the last time he played consistently. All I know is that he's very tall. (laughs) Yeah, like, he got hurt when Malkin got hurt. And, like, that was a long time ago. (laughs) Um, I'm nervous. That's a good question, Christy. I really don't know. Um, I have a question for you guys. I have seen a lot of people question as to why Trotman is in the lineup over Ricola. Yes. What did, I mean, did you see a big difference in play between that pairing when Trotman was on the ice in Anaheim versus Ricola on the ice in San Jose? I don't think I watched it. I noticed that Ricola was um, quite a bit more present in creating offensive chances, I think. Um, I don't necessarily know that he's defensively that much stronger than Trotman, um, or vice versa, honestly, but um, I do think that he helped to generate more um, offensive zone time than Trotman had. I'm, I'm not a fan of Trotman, to be honest. Like, I just... Yeah... So I think if I were to pick Ricola over Chapman, I would pick Ricola. Okay. I mean, I think that's fair. I, I agree with both of you guys. I think that, obviously, Ricola is, is the, the player I'd prefer. Um, but, Kelsey, like, you, you made such a good point. Like, he does – I do feel like, based on the eye test, because, unfortunately, I don't have the stats in front of me, um, that Ricola does have, like, better zone time or offensive zone time. But I just – Mike. Sullivan is so stubborn, and I feel like because they lost horribly to San Jose that we will not see Ricola in the next game. So I really, I just feel like, oh, that was such a wasted opportunity. And I'll be honest, like, when I was looking back at the games against, like, the Kings, Anaheim, the Sharks, I thought that the the Pens could lose to the Sharks because I've seen the Sharks, they're, like, not a good team, but they're also, like, a good team sometimes. So I felt like out of all three of them, I could see them losing to the Sharks. I thought they definitely would win against the Kings, maybe go to overtime against the to the Sharks, or no, go to overtime in Anaheim, and then lose to the Sharks. And that would have been like, that would have been enough. Um, unfortunately, they lost to them all. Uh, but so so I knew that the, the game against the Sharks was a hard game because it was second of a back-to-back. It's in a late time, like your body's tired. The pens are old, no matter how many younger players they try to get. They're just old. Um, so I felt like this game was setting Ricola up for failure. So I just really wonder how Sullivan approaches that. Because I think that I did like that pairing overall better. But I don't. he seems to like whatever Trotman is doing, which is interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd i like to see um, Ricola definitely get more time, but I don't know. Hopefully Mike Sullivan saw something he liked in his game and can separate that from it being a bad game altogether. But The one thing that I will say that I think is like super important is the fact that when and hopefully if the Penguins get healthy... I think that the addition of these new players will really solidify that uh, con- that the the question that is the bottom six, and not when I when I say the question, I mean, I guess you in my mind I'd say that the Bluger line is the third line, so that's just that fourth line because that fourth line has been a revolving door of players. I do think, like because of the injuries, we have a couple of people playing above their weight, and yeah. We- everybody's back (laughs) when everybody's back like they will fall to where they belong yeah because i really like hornquist on that question line like not tana bluger and zach aston reese but that is is it the third or the fourth line whatever you call it yeah i like hornquist with that and i wouldn't mind seeing a hornquist marlo bukestad line Uh, oh i think they're gonna keep connor sherry with 
with Crosby. I think they're they're just gonna keep him there. Um, Is that nepotism? Maybe. I was thinking about the Ottawa game. It's at home. I think. Can you go, Kelsey? I really like the Sens. The Sens are a hard team to play against. Like they will, like they will, they will beat the Penguins. Like I, I, I can't. Like I, I, I can't imagine it any other way. Like they will win, and I will be devastated. I, I, I see the, I see the Sens and like the Ducks as the same. Like they're both very bad, but the Ducks are harder to, like the Ducks are hard to play against. I've just. And say that I've resigned myself to being bullied by Brady to to chat on um, Tuesday. Like it's just gonna happen. It's fine. He's a bully. He's sweet. Is he? I think he could be. Yeah. So yeah, I, I with Ottawa. I don't know, man. I don't know. And I think the craziest part about these losses is that I don't necessarily think that goaltending was an issue. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not on the goaltender. Yeah. Because they've been doing this. <laughs> like, equally. Them. They've been, you know, they've been letting <laughs> them get lit up equally. Um, do, is, it, is it actually, like, an even split between the goalies for the last yeah. six games? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Wow. Maybe if it was David Ayers, Maybe. they would have won. Well, no, with them, they would have made it horrible for him. Oh, they would have just been like, F this guy. Like, <laughs> enjoy your, like, 13 shots against. Bye. <laughs> We're the Penguins. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Welcome to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Terrible. We're about to embarrass you in front of your whole family. Like, you like hockey? Family. You won't like it after this. <laughs> like, whoa! <laughs> wow. Can you help them? Like, yeah, they're, they're an asshole. The Pens Inside Scoops, like, tweeting out all of their, like, quotes from what And they're so dramatic. I can't, they're so dramatic. But, like, I, like I'm saying this because I don't want to believe it. Because I, I need to see it. I don't want words. I want, like, action. <laughs> but it's just so... It's so funny. Like, Crosby. Nobody feels good about it. It's tough. We feel like there's some games we deserve better. But we're putting ourselves in bad spots. We're getting behind in games and chasing it. The puck's not going in for us right now, and that's a tough combination. Like, why do you guys always know what to say? Like, <laughs> okay, but, Ma- but he's so dramatic. Quotes? Go ahead, go ahead. Like, what did he say? <laughs> okay, he was like, "We have good players. We need to play for each other. We need to help each other. <laughs> the next game is huge. We're back home. We need to forget this road trip." This is like, yes, you're right. Oh, but I need to see it. And like, poor Gino is going to try so hard. This next game and probably get a turnover and everyone's gonna cuss him out and like I was like oh he can't win he's trying so hard they're so dramatic like we need to play for each other like where was that where when so who are you playing for but like they 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 do like, like they need to play for Matt and and Tristan because they're they're not <laughs> I I mean honestly at least Matt and Tristan like have each other to be like. <laughs> These yeah, guys like, suck. yeah, it's not us, it's them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is, it truly is them. So, as we wrap up the Penguins, what's one thing you'd like to see this upcoming week of games or however many games <laughs> they have this week? They have three, yeah. March is crazy, Can two, please. Can they, oh, wait, okay, okay. Can they just win against the Caps? Like, like just yeah, win against Ottawa and win against the Caps. Like, please. I can't take another loss to the Caps. And this is me being dramatic. I know. Uh, yeah. But... Yeah, no, no. I'm. It's going to be on national television. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it is embarrassing. Like, I... That's mine. I'm sorry. I jumped the line. Sorry, Kelsey. What, what's yours? Um, I mean, I'm the same in that I... Honestly... I would be willing for them to be swept by the Kings forever if they could sweep the Caps. But a win would be great. I mean, obviously, I know they're not going to sweep the Caps now, but just in general. But, like... Win at home against them, please. Yeah, win at home. Win... At least... Okay, I would be happy with them winning one and taking one to overtime. 
that's fine with me. Okay. okay. Like <laughs> three points. Taking it to overtime and winning, or take or just going you know, to overtime. Once they get that pity point, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, that's actually true. If they could, like, now I'm setting my sights too high because I'm thinking, like, okay, if you win, go to overtime and then win. I would. Oh, that yeah, would be like good. I would be rejuvenated. I would feel good. So I think that means they're they're gonna lose, go to overtime, and lose. I think what's worse about this yeah. losing losing streak or whatever, they didn't lose any of them in overtime, like at all. Yeah, like, that would have made it feel better. <laughs> like they got zero points out of twelve. They got zero out of twelve I feel like points. Yeah, that takes more work than just losing in overtime. Like getting zero out of twelve is like. Wow. I mean, can I? I was so excited for the California road trip. I was like, here's an opportunity. Me too. To get like a bunch of points. Or at least a point, a single point. (laughs) No, I'm always weary of the the California road trip because they always post (laughs) these shirtless pics, them working out in the stand, and they're always lose. They always lose. Like, no, I don't trust it. And I, you think that you can blind me with tan skin and oiled up players, and I'm gonna forget? No, I remember. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh. So I'm always nervous. I we I have to say I a shout out and I hope you're okay to Meg. Um, oh, she no. went on this road trip and they did not win a oh, single no. game. So my heart breaks for her. I'm so sorry. You deserve the better. Should, like apologize yes 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 <laughs> they should in writing yeah that would, that would help just be better please all right well i think that we're gonna end it on a hopefully sad note <laughs> again <laughs> that we want to say the penguins are not good we're not asking that question take it back honestly but we should have known that's on us that is on us yeah yeah we, we were caught slipping and yeah and we should be we, we should be um punished not not the penguins um no they should be punished too well but still win (laughs) but still win like at the end of the day yeah um yeah so thank you guys so much for listening to our episode today you can reach us on twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick thank you for listening to today's episode (laughs) bye bye bye